welcome back to a very special episode of Midweek Mayhem. Midweek Mayhem. I, of course, am Sims, your co-host Sheedy's here as well. Hi. Say hello. Hi, hi. And then we also have a very special guest, Kayleen Cummings, friend of the pod. Uh, went to fellow, fellow Titan in the room. Hello. First time Happy guest. Are you excited? I'm very excited. This is my uh, podcast uh, intro. I, that's not the right Your word. Debut. But, and I'm not starting off very good. So. No, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> None of us. We this didn't is, start. This is how we sound all the time. You so it's go fun. back and listen to Deep Thrones' first like seven episodes and talk to me and Chris then. We, we sounded awful. <laughs> but welcome to the show. Um, we have an action-packed show today. Yeah. Even though last week's episode was a bridge episode, there was a lot to break down. And then um, looking at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff was really cool as well. Kayleen, I just have a question. Again, your first time on our pod, but um, what what has been your Game of Thrones journey? Did you watch it from like when it was released in 2011? Um. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm a I'm a diehard. You You're a day one. Yeah, you for a, a while. Your Instagram photo was you on the Iron Throne, right? Yeah, it's very important to me to make sure that people know that I also watch Game of Thrones. So, of course, yeah, it is for oh, us yeah. too. We post about it often, <laughs> as you've seen. Loyal listener, loyal watcher, and now podcast debut. Yeah, it's big. There it is. There's the word so, debut. Debut. That's it. So I think the elephant in the room, uh, as soon as the show came on last Sunday, was the new intro. Oh, I was hyped. The new old intro. The new, yeah, new intro, old song. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll open up to the floor. What did What did we think up front? And then uh, I'll kind of give a little background info on on um, kind of the story behind it. I'm a fanboy for that song. I love that song. I, I'm like one of those guys, like we talked about, it's an iconic song. So for like the sake of Thronesdom, if they're building this Thrones world, I'm glad the song was back. Uh, I think you have more information on the visuals. But Kayleen, what did you think? Is it lazy to you that they just reused it? Or were you like, oh, hell yeah? No, the nostalgia I got when they started playing it, I was like, hell yeah. Like it felt good. And I know why they're doing it. I think they're trying to tie the two series together. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of people that are pissed about it which I think is kind of funny, um, but I guess I understand it. But I, I like it um, as far as the music. Uh, as far as the actual intro and the visuals, I was, like, just staring at the blood and didn't understand anything else that was going on. So. Me neither. Yeah. I had no clue Same. Going on. <laughs> Same when I was first I was super it. confused. So, I actually, they, they talked about it on the behind the scenes, but it is the Targaryen bloodline. So it's a family tree. And they have little sigils that like represent different members of the family, and then that blood, that blood that's flowing is going from you know parent to kid to husband to wife. So it is blood. Uh, and then like you'll notice that some of them stop. It is blood. Yeah, I thought it was blood. fruit punch. So you'll notice like if you rewatch Jungle Juice, <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll notice if you rewatch some of the bloodlines stop. Uh, if like a son dies or whatever and doesn't have any kids and then other ones like branch out to a shit ton so obviously that's when you have a million congrats kids. congrats um, on the sex yeah. so yeah it kind of interesting um wasn't really expecting that for for what it for what it's worth but 
It is it is interesting, and I think it's a cool tie-in to Game of Thrones. Yeah, the visual was cool, but, and, like, I didn't know what it was. I, I knew, though, like, going into it, as soon as the music started playing, we were like, people are going to, like, find a reason to be pissed about that. People find a reason to be pissed about everything. That's not true, you fucking idiot. <laughs> see what I did? You guys see what I did there? <laughs> um so on those on that same behind the scenes episode they really went into, de- into detail about the red keep and the set this um, is dope i had no clue yeah this this was like one of the coolest things i've ever seen but well as far as like anything else not like one of the coolest things i've ever seen just for the record i've seen some pretty cool no, shit. i don't guys. know dude this is you just said it so now i'm inclined to believe that this <laughs> is the coolest thing you've ever seen but they made a full-scale live set of the red keep so even to like the extent where like Rhaenyra's chambers are her own like uh Viserys' chambers are his own like you can walk into the small council room it's all live scale or full scale so I thought that a when I'm looking at that I'm like okay that probably makes it way more immersive for the actors um but b like holy crap like how many people did they have to have working on that like how long did it take had to be unreal yeah, I can only imagine. What's that, Killian? How do I visit? Yeah, no, I want to visit. Yeah, also, if I was like, it. if I was an actor in the show that had like their own quarters, I would go all method and like sleep in them, and then <laughs> and and that it like just be just live in the red key. Like like poop and pee in chamber pots, like yeah. the whole thing. Full go method. to some go to some unpaid production assistant and be like, empty my chamber pot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably th- those beds and stuff would be more comfortable than what what I had. Probably, I mean, they got furs and stuff on there. I don't know, dude. Don't you got a California king? You just bought a house. You furnished it nice. Don't don't be California humble. California king. You driving? Who, who do I look like? You, you okay? We had a whole discussion about you driving an Audi a couple episodes ago. All right, you you forced me to say what kind of car I had. I didn't want to bring that up. Kayleen, what kind of car do you have? A uh, Ford, an all American. <laughs> Ford. Me too. What kind of Ford? It's an Edge. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, a Ford Edge is dope. I got a Ford Escape. So, you know. Ugh. Yeah. Well, no, we're going to edit that. <laughs> America. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Ford's weird. So what kind of, is Audi a brand? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's German, dude. German engineering. So it's an Audi what? Q5. Uh, oh, oh. Q5. <laughs> all right. Well, let's not. All right. Anyway, so th- that Red Keep set was very cool. And then they go on the show. Um, they call it a volume set, but it's literally 200, I guess over 200 LED screens, all kind of like put around as if on a, in like a dome. And then they build mini sets within that. And then they like project it, the rest of it onto the LED screens. So like, Again, immersing the actors in the world, but like yeah. now you have the ability. They're talking about um, that standoff on Dragonstone. I guess the bridge itself that we saw is is real, and that's based off of um, a real a real bridge. I guess like in Game of Thrones, they had it on the actual bridge, but they had a limited amount of views and um, I guess perspectives that they could get with the camera because it had water to each side of the bridge. So they took a, a kind of 3D model piece of that bridge, put it in this volume set, and then that's where we saw the standoff um, and the whole entire world around it with all the different 
camera perspectives. And I thought, like we were saying before, that that's great, that that, that scene made the episode for us. Um, but I think, I mean, again, they're opening up the checkbook for these guys. Oh, for sure. I mean, the money's out. And Emma D'Arcy, who plays older Rhaenyra, she said herself, she's like, I, I almost wanted to say to, like, the team, like, you know, this isn't even how, like, cinema is done anymore. She's like, it's all green screen and stuff. And she's like, and I walk into the Red Keep, and I'm like, whoa. Uh, Kayleen, I have a question for you. From the perspective of, you know, we all watched episode two, what was your favorite scene? And was it the Daemon scene on the bridge? Because that was all everybody's. I feel like everyone I've talked to who watches this show, that was their scene. Yeah, I think that's definitely, that was like a turning point in the episode up to that point. It was talking and it was slower. Um, And so when that happened, it was pretty badass. We got our standoff, we got the dragon, uh, it got a little exciting there. So that definitely was the, the best scene in the episode from my perspective as well. Yeah, Rhaenyra showing up was huge. I thought that got me hyped. Like me and Chris in studio, like we hugged, we cried a little bit. Just because we were like, Rhaenyra's here. Oh my God, she's here. I did not expect Rhaenyra to show up. Me neither. That was, that was dope. Me neither. No, that was I, very, very dope. dope. And then um, one thing that I kind of noticed about that was the dragons. Like when Rhaenyra showed up on screen on Cyrex, uh, Caraxes was just like chill with her and same, same vice versa with Cyrex and Caraxes. And I think, I think we were starting to see a little bit of the, um, emotions or or the i guess personalities of the writers being taken on by the dragons yeah for sure Do, are the dragons from the same bloodline like how the targaryens are are the dragons all related too i would say yes right so. they all come from yeah. Valerion and the two dragons that uh, that Aegon's sisters rode correct so this is a civil yeah. this is a civil war for them as well brewing yeah, I think they true. were like roomies too before Damon left. It definitely, you know? yeah. They used to they used to kick it in the dragon pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They one hundred feet. I guess the only one that doesn't kick it in the dragon pit is Vagar. He's just vibing. Yeah, Vagar's doing something somewhere. Uh, that Viserys said he's like you could hear him in like the narrow sea singing. Yeah, it's a sad song apparently. Yeah, that's too bad. Sad song. I, I want. I wish the best for Vagar. Do you know? Yeah, sure. Is Vagar a mean dragon or is it a good dragon? I guess it depends on who's uh, riding it, right? It's all perspective. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he or she is the biggest, um, oldest. I would say the meanest. I mean, you know what? It's still alive. You know what? Um, it's not the dragon. It's how you raise it. Yeah, Vasenia was the original, the OG rider of Vagar. Oh, she was. She was. She was a badass, and she also had dark yeah. sister, right? Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. You had some information you wanted to bring up about what's this guy's name? The crab feeder. I can't say his name. Cragus Cragus Drehar. Cragus Drehar. That's your parents but, hate you if they name you Cragus Drehar. Dude, I think that's what come on, Cragus Drehar Sims. Dude, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> I think that plays. Um I had no idea so they, they talked about this too. So apparently he has grayscale and it's pretty advanced. Why? So, I, I, what's I his quest then? Like, eventually, that grayscale will defeat him, right? The grayscale always wins. So, what's his goal? Just to fuck shit up as much as he can until he's all I mean, grayscaled. Shireen Baratheon was holding on for a long time. She was like cured of it, though, wasn't she? Like, they the maester found a way to stop it in its tracks. Yeah. So maybe they maybe that's the same thing with Mister Craig's. Mister Cra- Senor Craig's. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dusty Craig's, they <laughs> well, call him. 
Yeah, so, and then um, they're talking about, like, how they made the mask. So the mask that he had, I guess, was based off one of those Sons of the Harpies masks from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I hated the uh, Sons of the Harpy, though. They were fucking brutal. I think, I I guess that's just something to keep an eye on. I mean, I don't know how much more there is to dive in on that topic, but I just wanted to make note of that. If they they bring it up later and it is kind of like a he's all or out, he's all or nothing because he's going to die soon. Could, could play into it i get you got to go all out i mean if your days are numbered you might as well just swing for the fences right um i didn't kaylin did you read any of the books uh no me neither i'm not a book person so wait so for this show so for house of the dragon for you is this all just brand new this is like you're watching it and experiencing it as it happens with no sort of hindsight exactly and i love it that's yeah that's exciting because you gotta yeah and we've been much better with spoilers i feel like and oh, I actually so come hard. to I come to Deep Thrones to get my background from Kristen. Right, and John Sheedy, um, as well. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> also host co-host this podcast. We appreciate that, Kaylee. We appreciate you saying that. Um, <laughs> no, but Chris, obviously, yeah, no. So Chris, in the books, in Fire and Blood, I mean, he can't be more than a, a cliff note, right? Craig is Trehar? Uh, no, so he's actually, I mean, he's kind of played up as more of like a swashbuckling, like, uh, charismatic Same. leader. So, you know, for him to be named Prince Admiral of the fleet of three of the free cities, like you have to, you can't really be like a nasty, like pirate type of guy. I guess. He looks like, like a would, nasty you pirate to have guy. Some, well, yeah, but so that's what the show did. I guess him, if he's right? bringing them riches, then that forgives the way he looks. Right, if he's yeah, getting his boys paid, it, it, it's interesting too because the way that Corliss speaks about him, and it kind of makes sense, right? Like he would talk trash about him, but he makes it seem like he's more like a glorified pirate and you know, kind of like a thug and just murdering people. Whereas the Fire and Blood's portrayal of Mister Krabs was, uh, he was actually killing the pirates on the Stubs and Stones cleared them all out and then he started like charging like overcharging the uh west Rossi shipment and then eventually like taking them and like using them as slaves if they didn't pay up and stuff like that um but he wasn't i mean he wasn't just like murdering restorosis crazily like that yeah the crab thing is obscene it, it's i don't like it it makes me feel uncomfortable i don't like the ocean to begin with because everything in there wants to kill you. But then this guy's feeding people the crabs. What's the end game there? Is that a torture technique? Or is it just the brutality of like they're trying to show him as a brutal character? I think it's a... a um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like when you hang people publicly and you try to deter them. It's it's determent, I guess, is what... Mm. Is that the right word? You're trying to yeah. deter future crime pirates and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's an intense penalty, man. Getting eaten by crabbies. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man. You, didn't, you didn't get that nickname for nothing. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but no, um, I, I'm curious so to can, see, uh... just looking at like the next week on House of the Dragon, I'm curious to see like if he gets after it, if he has some cool dialogue. Like I kind of want to learn more about him. Is that just me? Kaylee, like, is anyone interested in this guy? I mean, we're definitely interested. He's pretty one-dimensional at this point. I assume he's going to have a bigger role. I want some personality. I hope he's like super cool. Um, maybe he's like hot. I don't know. 
All right, well, he has grayscale, all right? He's got, so grayscale, he's got grayscale. All right. Could be so. hot, though. I don't see scale. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Nice. That's great. That's great. I honestly, just imagine this, and I thought about this the other day. I was like, I wonder if they'll just defeat him next episode or if it'll take a few episodes. And then I was like, it's going to take more episodes to defeat him than it did the Night King. <laughs> like, that's going to be kind of depressing. Wow. Wow. That's sad. The all greatest right, threat right, Westeros right, has ever seen. Either. The crab feeder. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know if they'll give him dialogue. It seems like he's kind of like a, like a Night King esque when they showed him because like, he's he just like, a like he talks much fa- faceless figure almost. But Kayleen's yeah. intrigued with him. She's sort of like, what's his deal? <laughs> <laughs> the bad boy technique. Yeah. Um. So, we actually like. I want to take this back to the Red Keep for a second here because. There have been some people complaining, specifically on Twitter. I mean, everyone's got an opinion on Twitter. So um, burn it down. Set Twitter people, on fire and never let it we had, be brought back. We had we had one episode that was a bridge episode. And there's already people complaining a shit ton about oh, there's too much uh, behind the door politics and uh, small council meetings and all this, and like it pisses me off because those are probably the same people that were complaining about season eight and yeah. like that there was no dialogue or anything. So what did, what did you guys think? Do you think it was good, good conversations had? Do you think it was necessary? You can go ahead, Gaylene. I think that coming off the first episode, I thought the first episode was like super sexy. And so like starting off this, it felt kind of slow at first, but like after you watch the whole thing and you see what was going down, like this is a building episode. So like we're really setting the tone for what I assume are going to be the major conflicts that are going to ride out throughout the rest of the season. Um, So, I mean, you know, I got a lot out of it, I think in, in retrospect, but yeah, you know, Game of Thrones, there's, whole episodes where all they do is talk for sure i mean i totally agree with that like if you look at like season one and two of game of thrones their best episodes it's like it's not the battle of the black water in season two it's the episodes that lead up to the battle of the black water it's the stuff that lays the groundwork like their most quotable episodes the most quotable scenes are usually from the bridge episodes and then but everyone always thinks like battle of the bastards because it's a 45 minute fight scene but you know, I mean, that's that's sort of, you, you want that action, but you can't have that in 10 episodes. You need to build to it. And the story needs to make sense why that battle happens, what happens in that battle needs to make sense, and it's all, the foundation comes in the episodes before it. So while episode one, they were able to sort of go all out, episode two, they probably had to reel it back in and show that politics and show why everyone's on the brink of civil war. If you If you made a movie about the U.S. civil war without it all talking about what led up to it, then it's just sort of, it's just, it's action. It's, it's it's an action movie. It's not a historical drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, both points were perfectly put, so I don't even have anything to add because I agree with you guys. Um, adding adding uh, to a different topic, Rhaenys and Rhaenyra. So I think, I think this is one of the most interesting um, scenes that we had in the episode, but just like I'm relationships big, that we'll see. I'm a big fan of both. I like them both, Rainus and Rainus. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it, elaborate on that because I, I noticed oh. that Rainus was kind of like observing Rhaenyra's. Like, if you rewatch, I didn't notice this at first, but um, mm-hmm. when Rhaenyra was in the small council, 
or when she was choosing the king's guard Rainus was standing up on the ramparts like checking her out and like listening to what she was saying yeah. um and then of course later on the, the scene that we all loved when uh Viserys was in the garden with Lena Their and then Rainus and Rhaenyra start talking so yeah I mean give me your thoughts on their relationship what you think it's not it for me it's like it's not at all like i honestly anyone who's like wow Rainus is being kind of a dick to rhaenyra i don't see it that way i think she's just being she's like the one person who's being genuinely kind of kind to her because she's giving it to her straight she's just telling her the truth and she's not doing it like i mean it, it does come off a bit aggressive but i think it's sort of like I mean, this is a way over-exaggeration, but if you look at, like, how the Hound was to Sansa in Season 1 and Season 2, the, my first watch of the show, I was like, wow, he's a villain. And then when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, no, he was actually protecting her and trying to get her to safety, like, the entire time. Even after the Blackwater was like, come with me, <laughs> like, get out of here. Um, and that's sort of how I feel, like, it, with the power of hindsight, if I were to rewatch, I'd have with Rhaenys and Rhaenyra. I think Rhaenys is just trying to give her a very realistic view of what's going to happen. And I don't, and maybe she's trying to tell her that so that Rhaenyra is better prepared, you know, instead of just being like, this is going to happen, sucks to be you, as opposed to like, this is what's going to happen, balls in your court. Yeah, she, I mean, she did go through it, so she would know. Uh, Kayleen, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just about to say that. I mean, she's coming from the perspective of like almost having this power and like knowing that it was never, you know, it didn't happen for her. And so I think she's jaded in that way, but I think she also is like, this is how the system works. Um, so I think she is watching out for her. I don't think that she thinks she's a threat. Rainier is a threat or anything. I really think she's coming from a point of like, hey, like I'm a little weathered. Like I've seen it, you know, giving it to you straight is absolutely what she was doing. So um, I think it's just a respect thing too. Yeah, I agree. With that. Sure. I'm a big Rainier yeah, she. I, I think she's going to be electric for, like, her di her dialogue is always going to be sharp and, like, just very direct, and I, I can't wait to hear more of it. She kind of reminds me of the Queen of Thorns a little bit in that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, too, there's going to be, I bet throughout Season 10, like, they will focus, since it's not, like, Game of Thrones, it's not necessarily houses across Westeros, it's sort of these initial power players in the Red Keep. I think there will be an episode that focuses on Corlys and Rhaenys so we can see sort of their intentions, maybe an episode on Otto, of course, Viserys and Rhaenyra. So I'm hoping that they do that a little bit just so we can really see like more of Rhaenys' character going forward. For sure. And that actually brings us um, very well into our next point here. So Shady and I, of course, are, are two guys just like sitting here talking about what we think of this patriarchal world and yeah. um, its portrayal on the screen. It's, so, I mean, we've done two intro episodes talking about this. We've prepared everyone for it. We always talk about, whenever we talk about Game of Thrones, me and Chris always go. And remember, we don't agree with it, but it's medieval times. But of course, it, you know, we're just typical two dudes hosting a podcast. So Kayleen, it's nice to have you on. You're our first female guest of the year. And Chris, what were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say, let's let's hear, you know, a woman's perspective. A, a, let's get you know, into a it. A female's perspective on what's, what's being shown on screen. Um, do you think that it's gratuitous? Do you think um, it's necessary? What, let's just air it out. For sure. I mean, the entire series starts on the scene where Viserys is chosen over Rhaenys, right? And so we're kind of like seeing right away that this is going to be a theme. Um, and so, uh, you know, just interesting in and of itself. And then now this story is really revolving around Rhaenyra as opposed to necessarily around other characters. Obviously there's other characters in there. And so I, 
from the get-go, I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're switching it up a little bit. It's new Game of Thrones. Um, so I like the perspective that they're they're putting out there. I think we have a lot of different female characters in the mix, and we're getting a very real, realistic, um, you know, and relevant uh, intro to, like, female struggle throughout history, right? Um, obviously, all the women that... I think are going to be like power players throughout this series um, are coming from different places. I mean, Rhaenyra obviously has a lot of power, right? She's the king's daughter. She's the heir to the throne. And so she's kind of this like uh, tomboy-esque. She has um, a lot of freedom in that. Um, and then we have like on the other side of the spectrum, we have Alicent, who's more been like the status quo. Um, and now she's kind of getting elevated into this um, wife um perspective too so i think it'll be interesting watching those two and seeing how they grow and like um what the differences are in their experience just solely based on like how the men in their lives have kind of pushed them forward um so i mean i think it's interesting i I like that we're focusing on it i think um you know it's gonna be cool to watch how it unravels throughout the season um but i i like that it's not about patriarchy necessarily i mean it is but also all of these characters have their own storylines that are going on and their own shit that's going on too so um i'm hoping they keep it real three-dimensional and uh, i I like what i'm seeing i don't know yeah no i agree i I have something i wanted to ask you too so like i'm watching house of the dragon and it seems like they took care and learned lessons of the mistakes of like game of thrones um and like even how they juxtapose I'm going to do it again. They mirrored, I'll say, the birthing scene and how Emma said, like, this is our, like, our fight, at least at that time, that sort of was, a, you know, their fight because women were sort of, like, you know, the bearers of the heirs, essentially, uh, against Damon's scene. And I feel like this show is really trying to do that. And it's really not my place to comment on it or to project what I thought on it. But I know a lot of people, going back to Game of Thrones instead of House of the Dragon, felt that there was a lot of unnecessary shoehorned-in violence and, like, assault specifically against women. And I was just wondering, did you feel that vibe from Game of Thrones, too, that sometimes you're kind of like, was that necessary? Because even Chris talked about Daenerys' relationship with Khal Drogo in the books is very different than how it's portrayed on screen initially. Yeah, absolutely. There's some real brutal stuff that was shown. Um, And I know, like, multiple, like, females specifically that are like, I couldn't get past this. Like, couldn't get past this you know, rape scene or whatever, which it's realistic, it happens. Um, But I think there was a lot of super um, graphic violence that was shown that I could absolutely see why that would turn people off. And I know it did turn people off. And so, you know, going back to this birthing scene, um, while it was super graphic, I like that it didn't romanticize this, you know, thing that women go through. Like it can be super messed up and like women did die at super high rates and still do still do um, yeah. in certain parts of the world during childbirth and so i did like that they showed that i thought that was kind of something new and fresh to bring to the table that we really haven't seen that much of before that wasn't like a woman you know getting fucked or whatever yeah no for sure the violence now is it's it's, it's almost not violence it's like this natural thing that has gone terribly wrong that women constantly face like you said even today yeah i I mean i one thing that i found interesting that you brought up was um you know now we're actually seeing perspectives that instead of yeah it's it's in a patriarchal world but i mean this is Rhaenyra's story and i think 
Yeah. The alternative that we saw in Game of Thrones was very stereotypical uh, views of women. Even the main characters now, of they course, like Arya was someone who stood out um, as not being stereotypical. Um, mm. At some points, Danny, but then they just kind of like flipped it and she just turned batshit crazy, which like some people could say is stereotypical right. if you're sexist. Um, also, like Cersei had the overprotective mom vibe. Um, same thing with Cat Stark. Um, Sansa was kind of the, the princess wannabe sort of deal. Not only that, so but they I'm completely thinking... messed up her arc with her victimhood. Like the way they, like the yeah. thing she says to the Hound in season eight, a lot of people I know, uh, females had problems with how she like phrased her sentence and being like, well, it made me stronger. And they're like, well, you're glorifying her assault by, from Ramsey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think now in, in House of the Dragon, you actually have Rhaenyra's perspective, which she is, She's all over the place um, as far as, like, her opinions on things, her coming into power. I think, like, she's going to be a very powerful female figure that hopefully people can look up to. Um, maybe not. We'll see how that turns out. But I also think, like, Allison even has two sides to her, right? Like, yeah. she, she didn't want to do any of this stuff. Um, she was forced into it. She tries to remain uh, remain a good friend of Rhaenyra. Um, Rhaenys is, like, very much boss bitch energy. So I think, if anything, House of the Dragon is adding more nuance to their female characters than what we saw in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree with that for sure. I think that like they're all all of them are you know they're all coming from a point too of like power. Like they all like acknowledge like they deserve like Rhaenyra. Like she's like it doesn't make sense that I can't be the heir. You know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, good talk. So we actually. Um, we're going to move along from the uh, more breakdown of the episode and review type stuff to a little fun game. A little fun like stuff. End, which we, we like to end our midweek mayhems on. So Chris came um, up with this, actually. And I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, so since in the episode, uh, Sir Harold Westerling and Rhaenyra had to choose a seventh member of the King's Guard, we thought it'd be a great idea for us to just name that seventh member and say, fuck Kristen Cole. Yeah, fuck Kristen Cole. I don't want that guy in my King's Guard. We're all going to pick our own. Um, so, uh, Kayleen, guests first. Would you like to deliver your King's Guardman to us? Absolutely. And I want to start by saying I like Kristen Cole, and I think that he has good things ahead of him. Um, he's got a bright future in the business. <laughs> he's got, let me tell you something about this guy. This guy's got, he's come from good stock, all right? Good stock. I like the cut of his know. jib. Yeah. Okay, so for some reason, when you said this, like, the one and only thing that came to my mind was Henry uh, Cavill. Um, this is probably oh, sacrilegious. Superman. As uh, Geralt from The Witcher. Like, just, I want that. Oh, whole, wow. Most ambitious him. crossover. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I love you it. Guys can, you guys can shoot me later, but no. I, it, I mean, I would trust I him with my too. life. Henry Cavill yeah, with your life. Yeah, too. me too. He, he actually, that would, he would kick ass on Game of Thrones or on uh, House of the Dragon. I agree. He's got, I mean, he's British. He's, he's just a towering stud of a man cut from marble. Yeah. He would, I mean, he'd look great. imagine him just being with you at all times. It'd be awesome. Okay. He fights monsters. I don't know. I just, there's no. At all times. At all times. I'm just like, dude, you can leave now. I'm telling you, you're off the clock. And he's like, no, sir, I'm here for you. Yeah. All right. That's what I need. Yeah. More Henry Cavill. I appreciate that. Chris, do you get, let's hear yours. Yeah. 
Um, so mine actually is uh, well accomplished. Uh, he is a winner of a thousand tourneys, um, all of them at Heron Hall. So like throughout like three hundred years, Joey, all, Joey everyone Chestnut. he's been in. Um, he also, you know, he, he's been in a lot of like pivotal moments. Like uh, what was it at the uh, tourney where Leanna Stark got captured? There was like a Night of the Laughing Tree there. Um, oh. People said that that was Leanna Stark. No, this was actually this was actually this guy. Um, he is he is um, what do you call that when you can't die? Immortal. So you know he's been through he's been through the ringer, um, and he goes. Well, his name is Sir Scrody McBoogerball. Um, <laughs> so his so his thing is he always he always has to be the mystery knight because it's like he can't take off his his helm uh, because he's like so ugly that he makes everyone throw up when they when they see him. Oh wow, the exact um, so he always, opposite he, of Henry Cavill. Exactly. A very handsome man and now a very ugly man. But this guy but this guy's done it all. You know, he's been in all the pivotal moments. You know, you you think it was a uh, little finger that led uh the Knights of the Vale to, to rescue John and stuff. No, nope. Sir that was Sir Scrody. <laughs> um, and he, of House and he's, he's been all over the place. Yeah. And he's you know, he's just he's a good guy at heart, but um he, people just like don't like the way he looks, so he has leaders he has just remain anonymous. That's yeah, I love that. So that you want that guy with you at all times, defending you. Yeah, exactly. Getting his hands dirty on your king's guard. All right, <laughs> Sir Scrody with me. Sir Scrody, yeah. Um, I I would like to kick it to the Deep Thrones family out there. Who who would you rather have, Henry Cavill or Sir Scrody McBoogerballs? Which he's <laughs> Irish with the McBoogerballs is an Irish last name. Um, all right. Well, mine. Uh, I I want a king's guard who I know can defend me. Right. I want him to be big and strong. I want him to to have an athletic build, um, and I want him to have an undeniably good knife skills. So my king's guard is Sir Orenthal James of House Simpson. Um, oh my gosh! Uh, they call him the, <laughs> they call they call him the Juice because he freshly squeezes anyone who gets in my way. Um, his wife was murdered in Flea Bottom, so he's afraid to go to Flea Bottom because he never knows, like, the guy who did it could be near him at all times, so he wants to stay away from Flea Bottom. And, uh, his house sigil is a little hand trying to put on a glove, but it's, it doesn't fit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's Orenthal James, <laughs> Sir Orenthal James of House Simpson, uh, OJ, for, for the layperson. Oh, my God, Sir OJ. All right. Well, I think we, I think, uh, I think we know which one we're not choosing to protect our king or queen. Yours, mine. Are you kidding me? OJ would be gr- a great king's guard. Queen's I'd guard? be like, that guy stole my merchandise. Go kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Remember in Vegas, my gosh. Sir OJ got on parole. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly think all three of those guys should be on one together. Can you imagine a sitcom with those three? It's a total, it's a total uh, threes company. <laughs> Henry, Henry Cavill well, shows up to set. He's like, "Who's in this?" OJ. I think, yeah, I think Henry would be a little upset about the rest of the squad. He'd call his agent. Uh, I can speak for Henry. He would be pissed. I can speak for Henry. You're on a first name basis. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I mean, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, Deep Thrones fan, let us know what you thought about our King Garden Knights. I think they're all great. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe like, don't go too close to Sir Orenthal. He's fine, but, dude. Uh, He's fine. You're honestly, he didn't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> Kayleen, Not guilty. Like thank you for coming. Yeah, on thank you so much, Kayleen.
thanks for having me. Um, I've learned a lot. You've taught a lot. You've taught as much as you've learned here today. Do you have anything, any last words, any parting thoughts you'd like to go out with? Um, I saw a tweet today and it says that, I hope you guys haven't talked about this yet. My only problem with House of the Dragon is that no matter how awesome it is, I know Bran will still end up as king. Yeah. It's in the back of all of our minds. There's no doubt. But you know what? If we take this as its own part of history, we can enjoy it, I think. Chris, no. This, this <laughs> podcast is about so much more than just, than just you know, season a show. Eight. We're listening here. We're really building relationships and fostering growth. Yeah. So don't you can't just minimize us to season eight. We're more than that. I agree. <laughs> Hashtag fuck brand. Hashtag fuck brand. Hashtag <laughs> pushing down the stairs. Uh, but thank you for joining us, Chris. You got anything you want to go out on? Uh, now, uh, please like, subscribe, share, keep interacting with us. We love you guys, and uh, we will see you Monday. Monday is a holiday, but we will be releasing our episode recording Sunday night. It's all going to be good. Um, hoping Allison just continues to age like fine wine. But thank you so much for joining us, Kaylee. Thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Midweek Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs>